Zachte ervaring. You are listening to That Digital Show, a business podcast presented by Google Cloud to help organizations innovate and grow value in a digital world. Episode 56, Target's Journey into Efficiency Engineering with Cloud FinOps. In this episode, we will look at how Target has been at the forefront of cloud financial management to become one of the leading innovators in the retail industry. Hello, everyone. I'm Chris Hood, a digital strategist at Google Cloud. Thank you all for listening. We're going to jump right into it today. We have a large group of people visiting with us. So let's go around the room, introduce yourselves, and share a little bit about what you do. Thanks, Chris. Hello, everyone. My name is Eric Lamb, and I lead our Google Cloud Professional Services Organization for NOS Practice. Our key mission is to help our customers accelerate their journey through cloud transformation and unlocking business value with Google. Prior to Google, I spent my last 15 years in management consulting, work with many enterprise customers, driving enterprise scale transformation program, and specifically focused on cloud value economics, business value case creations, and cloud financial management. Hi, Chris. I'm Nihar Jhawar, a member of the Google Cloud customer experience team based in San Francisco. I partner with Eric to build our Cloud FinOps practice, as well as provide account management and post-sales support for our strategic customers. Prior to joining my current role at Google, I spent a decade in the professional services and system integrators industry in delivery and sales roles. And Kim. Hi, Chris. I'm Kim Weir. I'm a director of engineering at Target, and my team is the efficiency engineering team, and we are focused on cloud financial management, and we're bringing cloud cost accountability to Target. Great. Welcome. Glad that you're with us today. We've got a couple of terms that let's try to get the definition of to set the foundation for our conversation today. First, let's talk about FinOps. Eric, what exactly is FinOps? Great question, Chris. FinOps is a relatively new discipline within Google. You know, we've been partnering with the FinOps Foundation. And so working very closely with many of our Google Cloud customers, essentially we define FinOps as a you know key discipline and operational framework where we bring you know cross-functional team together, including technology, engineering team, business, and finance to break down the silos that we typically see across organization, providing that cost transparency, visibility, ultimately to drive financial accountability and enable accelerations of value realizations, right? I like to think of FinOps as the democratizations of financial accountability, right? Across the business units where everyone has a shared responsibility to manage the cost spend. And Kim, in your role, you mentioned at the start, honestly, it's a term that I don't know if too many people have heard, and it's part of what your team is called efficiency engineering. What does that really mean? Well, it truly is thin ops, but we also are looking at things from an engineering perspective. So as my team matures, we will get more and more into the actual engineering side of cloud applications. So how is this application being developed, getting more into the architecture and trying to guide towards a more efficient architecture and just looking 
and doing consulting with teams in ways that we can help optimize, but through that engineering lens. This efficiency engineering is really interesting. And I think a lot of organizations who may not think about it in the terms you've just outlined are going to have two obvious questions. What are some of the biggest challenges that your team is faced with? And then what are some of the biggest benefits that your team is able to produce for Target? We are about a year and a half into our FinOps journey. And our biggest challenge so far has really been to get access to the data that we need. As application teams are doing their development, they request the resources that they think they need, and they're doing a good job making sure that we have stability and performance. But Target really hasn't been looking at that development through the lens of how well you're utilizing those resources that you request. And so the biggest challenge we had was getting the perspective back to a software engineering team of, okay, so here's how much you requested, but here's how much you've actually used. And can we right size your application so that we're not requesting more than what we actually need? So it was really our biggest challenge so far has been data. And I think the other part of the question you asked is what's the biggest value or what have we been able to return? So in this year and a half journey, we've taken two different tracks. One track was the development of the tooling that the teams need in order to understand how they're utilizing those resources. We went live with that MVP in March. And then the other track was really doing manual analysis and looking where the biggest opportunities were, and then consulting and partnering with the solution development teams to say, okay, here's an opportunity. Can we right size or can we configure auto scaling differently? And as a result, we have had a really large impact on our GCP cost. So Kim, earlier you mentioned one of the biggest challenges is around data. Can you share a little bit about how Target and how is your team from the efficiency engineering perspective able to solve for that and getting that data and the visibility you need, as you mentioned, to drive optimizations, provide visibility and the cost transparency than Target? I would start with one of the foundational components of FinOps, and that's really exposing data and providing near real-time data so that you can make data-driven decisions. And so when we started our journey, a lot of our data was in GCP. And so we undertook efforts to build our own tools. I know a lot of FinOps teams are using different vendors' um, products, and that is working for them at Target. We have a really strong engineering culture and we do a lot of our in-house development. And so our mission was to develop the tooling on our own. So we needed to figure out how to get that data that's already in Google and bring it into Target so that we can use our own internal solution. So we have a big data platform, and then we have analytics tools that we use internally. And then our team has also built an application for an engineer persona, just, you know, building a regular web app so that they can see specifics related to their application. 
but not everybody at Target has access to the Google tools. So we decided to bring all of that data in-house, build all of our tooling. When you start to break this down and you think about the different tools that you've been using or tools that you've been creating, what does your team actually look like? If you were to break down your specific team in the efficiency engineering, what are the roles and the areas that you're focusing on as it relates to those tools? Yeah. Having been involved in the whole FinOps Foundation, it's so surprising how each company has a different makeup to their team. Because we're building our own internal solutions, I have a team of about, it fluctuates between 15 and 20 engineers, depending on our early tech talent programs and things like that. But we have one sub team that's specifically building out an application for our engineer persona. And so they're building a React app. They use, by and large, React and Golang for that application development. So that's one piece, truly software engineering. And then we have another sub-team that's focused entirely on bringing the data in-house. So I think one unique part of Target and what we're trying to do is not build a tool specifically for GCP, but for all of the target platforms. So we have an in-house private cloud. And so we're pulling in all of the data that's related. We have an on-prem instance of Kubernetes. So we're pulling in all of that data. So we're merging all of this data and providing a unified utilization perspective to those software engineers. We have one team that's just pulling data and finding the data source and then landing that data into our big data platform, just in the raw data form that it comes in. And then they're transforming the data and preparing different cache layers that then our analytics, we can build dashboards for our leaders, and then our application development, you know, the React app, they have their own cache layer. And so that one team is just doing all of that data and the data manipulation they're also responsible for building out the rules. So one of the pieces of the application that we have is, okay, your efficiency isn't great. So what? What can you do about it? We have built rules that will then translate into the application that say, you should auto scale or you should right size your workloads to this level so that you can save money. So there's that data team. And then the third component is really the team that's doing a lot of the analytics and a lot of the consulting with the individual teams. So this team is responsible for creating our forecast. So what is our spend going to be for 2023? And really keeping an eye on what our forecast is today. We do our committed use discount program holistically. It's not by individual areas. We are in control of that committed use discount. So that team's responsible for the analysis that goes into should we execute another cut or should we hold off or maybe we need to change some of the factors in that committed use discount. And then they actually go out and they consult with the solution teams on, okay, you are in our top five least efficient applications. How can we work together to make you more efficient? So that's the structure of my team. You know, to follow up with that and maybe to take this outside of your team, you talk about data and you're talking about applications, but on some level, 
there is data that has more value than other data. And there are some queries or transactions that are also going to cost more. So how are you validating or deciding like, hey, this is a really expensive query, but it's going to bring us a lot of value to maybe the, the customer or to the experience that you're trying to produce. Is there a team that's helping to analyze the benefits from a business perspective of that data as well? So from an individual query level, no, we're not at that point. But one of the things that another foundational component of FinOps is there's really significant value in utilizing cloud and cloud technologies. And Target specifically benefits from using cloud technologies like GCP because we don't need to keep our infrastructure like in our data center for 12 months of the year at our peak level. By using GCP, we can consume the amount that we need. And then at peak season, we can scale up. And that's the value for Target. But one of the components of FinOps is really helping teams to understand how that ties to the business value. So at Target, the one piece of business value that we tie our Google Cloud cost to is cost per digital order. And so we can now marry based the cost of GCP to the digital orders. And so we now have a KPI or a key performance indicator on keeping our cost per digital order under a certain threshold. And that really helps to say, this is valuable and this is important, but we need to keep it under this level so that it's not outgrowing, the cost isn't outgrowing the value that these products bring to target. Thanks, Kim. Uh, I do want to jump in and ask one of the earlier points that you shared uh, around the team focuses and the areas in around financial forecasting. As you know, uh, the FinOps Foundation did a uh, survey and with us published, you know, a couple of months ago, the top two challenge that, at least from this year survey of around many of the customers was do better financial forecasting. So I'm very uh, curious as far as how are you leveraging the data that's available to do financial forecasting? So we do forecasting in a couple of different ways. We do it by unit and then we do it by cost. And we then partner with our finance team to understand for the next year, what are those inputs from the digital team? You know, how, how are they forecasting digital growth in the coming year? And then we use that as an input into our forecast. My team has been in operation for about a year and a half. Before my team, somebody would say, yep, this is about how much I think Google's going to cost next year. And then they would, you know, lick their finger and raise it in the air and go, yep, that's, that's how much. Mm -hmm. And then we were always off. When my team got involved, we partnered with our data science organization to build a forecast. Where we were challenged most in building out that forecast was just COVID and the COVID impacts. As soon as COVID hit, we all know that the United States shopping behavior changed significantly from one of going to a store to now, gosh, we're buying everything online. And so our costs skyrocketed at that time to meet the demand 
for customer shopping. So that was all great. But when you're trying to do a forecast and you have a significant anomaly like that, the forecast model just can't take that anomaly out. So we've just over time been working on refining our model, the more normal the data is becoming. Our forecast for 2021 was off maybe 20%. And then this year, our forecast is off, but not by as much. This team, the analysis and consulting team is now starting the process of forecasting for 2023. And we're feeling so much more confident in our forecasting model. That's great to hear, Kim. Just the um, follow-up question to that. We're seeing many other customers, as you think about cloud financial forecasting, traditional enterprises, they use some sort of what we call a trend-based forecasting, leveraging historical data based on the previous month's consumption to then doing projection linearly, right, for the growth of what the expected cloud consumption might look like. And as you mentioned, right, there's going to be anomalies based on macroeconomic events and others such as COVID. It's very difficult to do that. It's almost <laughs> impossible, but certainly over time, uh, with better, you know, more data sets and, and better insights that we can add into our machine learning model. I'm curious, so you mentioned also leveraging data sciences. So are you combining the data sets and, and building machine learning model to do financial forecasting? Yep. That's great because that's one of the key areas that I see more and more customers that are, I strongly believe one of the key things to really be more predictive is leveraging AI ML capability where possible. And then data sets available to drive that better accuracy. So that's really awesome. Kim, you mentioned COVID as someone who put, pivoted to digital buying during that period and I'm doing that at Target even today. So I'm super happy about that. You also mentioned that one of the key metrics that you're looking at is costs per digital order, right? Are there any other metrics that your team monitors? And how has measuring this metric and other metrics that you may talk about, how has this helped guide a lot of the decision-making process that you guys go through? Yeah, so we are in, I would say, early days of our FinOps journey. And cost per digital order is the one KPI that we're keeping an eye on today. Next year, um, we've been talking about what other KPIs would we want to use to measure how well we're doing. And that forecast accuracy is one of the KPIs that we're thinking about adding for next year. It's really interesting when you look at the history of our GCP cost and digital order. So when COVID hit, we weren't really anticipating that dramatic shift to online buying, and our teams didn't scale up. If you think about Target's peak season, everything from October through the beginning of January, there's intentional upscaling of environments to ensure that we have 100% reliability for Target.com. Well, when COVID hit, we weren't anticipating that, so we weren't scaled. And so we had this huge spike of sales. So our cost per digital order was the best it had ever been. And then by the end of that year of 2020, we had our peak season and we scaled intentionally. And then when January hit, teams stayed scaled at that December scale rate. And so 
our cost per digital order was three times as much as it had been at that peak of COVID. And so when we look at that historical pattern, when we came into 2021 peak season, we, my team, was really clear with our digital partners on the importance of scaling down as soon as they could. And so with continued conversation and showing of the data, we were able to right-size our environment coming out of December and really made a positive impact on that digital cost per order for that January and brought it in alignment with where it really should have been. You know, we could use that data, we could use that digital cost per order in order to influence the whole organization to ensure that they scaled. Reliability is number one importance for Target, but we know that we can be reliable at that scaled down rate as soon as the holiday season is over. So we were just stressing the importance of making sure that they do those manually scaling activities that they needed to do. The reality is, is none of us could have predicted COVID, (laughs) but there is an element of that, which is that things will constantly change. And that's all the foundation of what digital transformation ultimately is and FinOps helping you to achieve those transformations as they occur. So if we start to look ahead for Target, what does the next three or five years potentially look like just from your perspective and your team? Yeah, you know, I, like I said, we I feel like we are in the beginning of our journey. Uh, one of the things we did this past year was we worked with Nihar and Eric on their FinOps Experience Lab. Eric and Nihar surveyed our organization to understand where was Target at from a FinOps journey perspective. And with the results of that experience lab, we were able to identify where our biggest opportunities are. And now my team is able to understand what our priorities should be for the future. We don't quite have a three to five year plan yet, but we are working on our one to two year plan. And some of the capabilities that we intend to build in, we need to really get more into anomaly detection and detecting where a workload might be running in a way that wasn't intended. We are going to be developing a capability. We call it a cost savings accumulator so that as an engineer does some right-sizing activity and starts to save money, that they'll be able to see that, okay, because of the action I took, we're saving Target this much money. And then we will be working to roll out more of a budget or quota capability where we can see how much a team requests today and forecast out what that request is going to be for next year by application. And then we will forecast out where we think they should be and come to an agreement on what their budget should be and then start to measure them against that budget. And so that would be another KPI that we'll have coming next year. So that's kind of our one to two year plan. And to try to wrap all of this up, outside of Eric and Niar's FinOps lab, which I think is a great first step, what other tips might you offer to the audience on how they can progress in their FinOps journey? So when my team started, this is kind of a funny story. It was a new team. We brought engineers from across the organization and one of the ways that I like to get people aligned and 
and get people thinking about, you know, this was a whole new capability for Target. So I gave each team member an assignment, go out and figure out what efficiency engineering is. We can't be the only team doing this. What is it? Every team member went out and did some Google searching and came up with what they thought was efficiency engineering. And you know what? We did not find FinOps. We had 10 engineers plus me searching for what is efficiency engineering, and we didn't come up with FinOps. But there was a lot of other things out there that helped us to put together what we thought was the plan. And then about six months into our journey, one of the principal engineers on the team, I think, saw an article that Eric had posted in some Google forum. And Ron, this principal engineer, said, Kim, I think this is what we're doing. So that's how we found the FinOps Foundation. And I'll tell you, Target has, we, we dove head first into FinOps because it was exactly what we were intending to do. So my advice would be first, J.R. Stormont and Mike Fuller wrote a really great book called Cloud FinOps. I would read that book because all of the answers to all of the questions, I think, are there. And then come and join the conversation at FinOps.org. There's a really healthy group of people who are like-minded and there's a Slack community, there's a monthly meeting, there's just always new information and new ways to engage with people who are doing the same things. So I would say find information at finops.org and read that book. You asked the questions, you did some research, you gained perspective from others, and then you executed on that. And I think that is a fabulous way to approach just about anything that we do in technology and business. So thank you, Kim, for participating today and being with us. It's been truly a privilege. And thank you, Eric and Nihar, for returning as co-host of this episode. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. And of course, thanks to all of you who are listening. We have some amazing assets to share with you about FinOps. Visit our website at thatdigitalshow.com. Find this episode and scroll down to the resource section to download those links. And if you have questions, comments, or ideas for the show, connect with us throughout social media and join us next week as we explore another business innovation topic on That Digital Show. Thanks for listening.